Well, chances are, if you haven't truly met Jesus in relationship, then prayer and worship probably feel like either an impersonal task list or a chore. Maybe you have heard that heaven will be an eternity of singing worship songs with the angels, and frankly, you'd just rather watch football. Today, we are talking about prayer and worship and experiencing God, these important and critical parts of our relationship with Him. Now, despite how fundamental these aspects are to the Christian faith, it can be difficult to know how to approach them in a meaningful way. So today on The Father Pursuit, we want to break down some of the barriers that keep us from drawing close to a life that God is inviting us into through prayer and through worship. This is The Father Pursuit. Welcome to The Father Pursuit. This is an M46 Ministries podcast about fathers who want to pursue their children. As God our Father pursues us, we want to encourage fathers as they pursue their kids. And for those of you just trying to figure it all out, we walk this road together. No shame, no judgment, no condemnation. Just a real look at what it means to be an intentional father, learn from our mistakes, and grow forward in love and grace. Together, we are learning to be the father our father wants us to be. Thanks for joining us on The Father Pursuit. My name is Matt Davis, and I am here with both Bryn and Brian Elliott, co-founders of M46 Ministries. Now, we believe in this ministry that God is calling us to restore relationships between fathers and their kids, and we are doing this by sharing testimonies. We are savoring the goodness of God, uh, even though times it can be difficult. It can be hard. Life is not always easy, but we see that God is good and he's moving. So, hey, Bryn and Brian, it is good to be here with you today. We're talking about prayer and worship. Uh, I'm just curious for you, uh, what's the before and the after? Tell me about the lives of prayer and worship for Bryn and Brian 10 years ago and what it looks like today. <laughs> well, really, it was non-existent. I think. There you go. Um, you know, at times on occasion, we would go to church on Sunday. Um, but I don't even really think any of us even stood up during worship. I don't think there was any singing along. Um, I didn't pay attention to the service and I definitely wasn't doing any praying or worship when I went home. <laughs> right. So we call it the frozen chosen. You just kind of stood there or sat there and nothing happened. Yeah. And I would say from a father's perspective, the, you know, the worship at the beginning, you know, it was typically about 20 minutes and I was usually looking at my watch, right. Waiting to, you know, at least be taught something that I could, uh, that I could learn. And then prayer, right. I would say again, non-existent that the, you know, I would pray uh, sometimes in my head or talk to God a little bit, but the thought of ever praying out loud terrified me and I didn't have the word of God at all in me. So, but God is so patient and so kind. Yeah. Uh, Bryn, one thing that you said uh, was that that really prayer has just become like the 30 minutes before, you know, the pastor gets up. Uh, back in the day when I was uh, leading a church, I remember I would be in the front row of the church and we were worshiping and there would always be like the wink that came from the worship leader. He would give me the wink when I had 20 minutes, 20 seconds to get up on the stage. 
And I knew that I had to get up there because the music was going to start to die down a little bit. The synth was playing, the hazers, you know, we had like fog because that's, you know, very spiritual, right? But the, the hazers are starting to die out and I get up and I'm supposed to like, it, it says on the schedule of the service, you know, pray. Uh, and so I know that there's a countdown timer and it's telling me how long to pray and uh, what missionaries to pray for. And man, it just kind of sucks the life out of it. Right. And so uh, how is that different than prayer? And and so that we, we know the Bryn like 10 years ago, non-existent, but like, how is even my life in, in doing some of those things in the church as a pastor different than like the prayer that you experience today? Prayer for me was, was very similar to my dad of like, I, I never would have thought of praying out loud and it didn't really feel important to me. And even when I started walking with the Lord, I kind of was like, okay, well, if, you know, everything that God wills is going to happen, then what's the point of me praying? Like, you know, it's, you know, yeah. God's way always. And so I guess I'll just like sit around and wait for that to happen. Like there's no point of me praying. Um, but really like, you know, obviously we're supposed to be imitators of Jesus and we see Jesus who literally is God and we see him interceding and praying as well. And, and I've heard people even say before, like, oh, but you know, I'm not an intercessor. That's not my gift. And it's like, well, no, like we're all called to be intercessors. We're all called to pray, you know, for the people we love, for the people around us, even just for the kingdom of God to um, come and to happen here on earth. And yeah, and really like, it doesn't have to be like, a, okay, I'm going to sit here for 30 minutes and just pray. Um, you know, for me, like it, it looks different every day. It's like when I wake up, you know, I'm just like inviting God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit into my day. Um, you know, just having like saying good morning, even just to the Lord. And, you know, even like in my car rides, I'll use my car rides as my prayer time going to class or wherever I'm going. And um, I don't think it has to be like a formal, like sit here or go on my knees and have a specific set time every day to do this. But I think it's, it's just part of life walking with the Lord and walking in intimacy with him is just being open to, you know, praying however the spirit leads you whenever you're being led. So yeah, Brian, for us as fathers, you know, our, our role in this, I, you know, whenever you get together and you're in kind of a Christian setting and the meal is out, everybody's looking up at the dads, right. The, who's going to pray um, just before the meal. Um, you know, and a lot of, you know, we go to a prayer meeting and, and one thing you were saying is there's not a lot of guys percentage wise. It's a lot more females that are showing up there, but um, what what is the place for for dads, and even what's a little bit of your before and after in your life of prayer? I mean, first of all, I would never be at a prayer meeting <laughs> to, to witness the numbers, <laughs> yeah. but um, I didn't really understand prayer. I didn't understand the power of prayer, and then when I began to just understand right in Genesis, like that we are created for family, and you know, Adam and Eve were filled with the Holy Spirit, so they had a permanent connection with the kingdom of God and filled with the Spirit. And then when they fell into sin, the Holy Spirit departed and they were no longer connected with the kingdom of God. And I mean, when we accept Jesus, right, we once again are made holy and we're now again a, a dwelling place of His Spirit. And, and now we're again reconnected with the, the kingdom of God. So it's an entirely new way of living. So when you think about it, we're brought back to original intent. And, and what God said is to for us to exercise dominion and authority over the earth. And so we're now reestablished as rulers over the physical realm. And I think when God gave man dominion, he transferred 
his authority to man. And that's why we have to partner with God to bring heaven to earth. And so as ambassadors of Christ, right, we, we can now have the heart of the Father, be instructed by the Holy Spirit, you know, be filled with the word of God and, and have the, the will of God flowing in and through us. And there's, there's a quote I love, and it's, um, and it's, without him, we can't, but without us, he will not. And so what's interesting is mm. things can't be accomplished without us. And so God has to find someone to partner with. He wants to use me. He wants to use Brynn. He wants to use you. Yeah. God is always looking for partners. He always has been looking for partners, and uh, he, he will always find them. And it, though, though there are some who are unwilling, uh, God says, well, I will, I will find somebody. My name will be great. Um, Bryn, I, I'm impressed. You, you were saying before uh, that you really, even for the podcast, you want things to be grounded in the Word of God. That there is a lot of Scripture. What are some of the passages that speak to you when it comes to prayer and and serve as a guide for you in your prayer life? Yeah, I think that um, you know one of the biggest things that has even shifted the way that my prayer life looks is. Um, in 1 John 5, and it's verse 14 to 15, and it says, And this is the confidence that we have toward Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests that we have asked of Him. And so this, I think, was so important for me to understand because I it allowed me to, even before I prayed, to sit with God and get His heart for whatever was on my mind to pray about or to um, you know, ask him about, I would just sit there and be like, okay, what is your heart for this? What is your will for this? And I would wait on the Lord and listen to what he had to say. Um, so that when I was praying, I wasn't just praying in, you know, like in any like selfish desires or wants of my own, but I'm actually praying in alignment and in accordance to the will of God. And I think that, you know, we even obviously see this in Jesus is we see that a hundred percent of Jesus's prayers were answered. And, you know, obviously Jesus was God, but he also was fully connected with the Father and, you know, was was fully intimately connected with the Father. And so he would wait on the Father and he would listen to the Father and he would pray in accordance to the Father's will. And so we see that 100% of the prayers were answered. And, you know, like even before he went to the cross where he said, like, take this cup from me um, if you can, but not my will, but yours be done. And, you know, so even... God's answer to that of like, obviously God had to do what he had planned to do, but we even see in that the prayer was answered. And so I think it was so important for me to understand that God is not going to answer prayers that are outside of his will or that aren't aligned with his heart. And that also God is not going to contradict himself or the word of God to answer your prayers. And so for me, like getting comfortable with the word of God, reading my Bible every day, you know, learning about the character and the nature of God and who he is and the type of things that he's done before and that he wants to do now. I think that was um, a huge shift in my prayer life. Is there a weight to that for you though? I'm just curious. Like, so uh, some people are, they, they might be hearing this and thinking like, we'll read your Bible every day and it becomes like a, a, an obligation. But for you, it doesn't feel like that is my guess. Is that true? Yeah, no, it, it definitely doesn't. So you you get up in the morning. I, I remember uh, doing camp ministry and uh, we always used to have dawn patrol. And it was where, you know, it, it's the early morning and you got to get up and, uh, you know, so few, we'd have a camp of 1200 kids there and there'd be like 10 that woke up and and the guy who had got, you know, it was like we had the rock, paper, scissors to see who was going to be 
getting the short straw to have to be the guy who plays guitar because it's just so early. And But there is something, there is a freedom that when you are in relationship with God, uh, that that prayer and that worship, like that, those aspects of the Christian life, um, it, it's something that we we live for, we want. And I love Eugene Peterson. He says that prayer is simply keeping company with God. And that assumes relationship. Uh, where, Brian, do most of us miss it with prayer? And, and where are we missing out because we're not praying? Well, I think you nailed it with that last comment that uh, the prayer really, when you, when you kind of boil it down to its simplest terms, is, is really just a conversation with God, right? And the and as we as we just live our lives in awareness of him and his word right that we're going to i mean today for example i was driving uh, on the way in and i just had some you know christmas music in and it was holy uh, holy night and uh, it was powerful i just all of a sudden i broke into prayer for probably 15 minutes over the city and i didn't expect it and it was just the the holy spirit had moved on my heart so i began you know, just singing and then all of a sudden broke into prayer. And I find that happens more and more now. And it really, it's, it's feeling God's heart. Like when you're aware of him and, uh, like Bryn said, it's spending time with him. And then you begin to, uh, just to feel what he grieves and what he loves and what he wants to do. And, and so we get to be his voice. So we talk a lot about being the hands and feet of Jesus, but we also get to, to, uh, be, uh, speak life and, and speak the will of God partnering with God to bring his plans and purposes to earth as it is in heaven. Yeah. And so that that's taken from the Lord's prayer. How has that served for you, Brian, as a, as a guide for prayer, just looking at that prayer of Jesus? Well, that was the only prayer that I would ever would say out loud uh, when I was not in prayer. And, but I considered it this kind of old dusty, you know, something that, you know, I would do every now and again. And now I have such reverence for the Lord's prayer. I mean, Jesus gave it to us and he said, you know, this is how to pray. And when you just look at every line of it, it's, I mean, there's whole books written on that very short prayer, but, you know, dressing God as our father, right? Then hallowed be your name, like just his holiness and reverence for who he is. And, you know, that, that you know, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I mean, I include that line and almost everything that I pray uh, I include that in it, and then getting into God as our daily bread, and you know, moving into forgiveness, and and you know, delivering us from evil, and then ending with a a real declaration that yours is the kingdom and glory forever and ever. So it's just a beautiful outline for how to approach God and and how to really prepare our hearts with Him. Now these these two come together. We have prayer and we have worship. They they flow together. One one uh, passage I really love from uh, Psalm 42, and and many have heard this before, but it says, "As the deer pants for the water brooks, so my soul pants for you, O Lord. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God." When shall I come and appear before him? And this this word pants, if you look it up uh, in the Hebrew, it's 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 not it, you know some translations it says it, to yearn right as a deer yearns for the water brooks. But the story behind the story when we're when we're in Israel, we go to a place called En Gedi, and this is the place where David hid from Saul. Um, but when you go there, you see these they're deer like they're called ibex, and um, these ibex they they're running around the hills and all of that. But if you were a hunter back in those days and you wanted to catch a deer you would stand next to the water source. You'd stand next to the river and you would just wait it out. And you would wait it out until 
the deer would come and you knew the deer would come, especially out there in the middle of nowhere. It's the, by the, the Dead Sea and there's just very few places where there's actually clean, fresh water. But in order to, to actually kill the deer, it had to be a kosher kill, which meant that you had to get close enough to basically cut its throat um, because you did not want the animal to needlessly suffer. And so these hunters would put themselves between the water and the deer and the deer would just wait as long as it possibly could until it could not wait any longer. And then it would make this sound. And I remember my first time in Israel, the guy who was leading us, he just made this really like horrible, like, and he says, this is the sound that the deer makes when it's really thirsting for that water. And then the deer just says, I don't care what it is. I'm going to go for that water. Um, I, I think about both prayer and worship. Um, that's the scene that plays out in my head. Um, Bryn, kind of transition us. Like, how how do these two work together? And what is our how does our prayer life lean into our lives of worship and that desperation to be uh, in in the presence of Jesus during worship? Yeah, I think it's so important to not see worship as you know the thirty minutes of singing before a sermon on Sundays. I think how we live our lives reveals what we worship. And so even how prayer is, you know, focused on that 24-7 intimacy with the Lord and just honestly just communion with the Holy Spirit, I think it's the same with worship. And, you know, how we treat people, how we, you know, how our behaviors and actions, what what those things are saying and you know, looking at the position of our hearts and that intimacy with the Lord, you know, I think all of those things are telltale signs of what we worship. And so mm. um, it actually reminded me of the verse in Matthew. It's in Matthew 6, 24. And it says, no one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. And so, and I think it's the same with the, with, you know, your relationship with the Lord and, and what you worship is, you know, what are you serving in your life? Is there a, you know, a love of, you know, in this verse, for example, it was, you cannot um, serve God and money, but you know, where, where your heart lies, I think will show you what you worship. And so if it's, you know, things of this world or material things or anything that's really taking the place of God in your life. Uh, when we worship, it really is a value statement, um, what it is that we value. Uh, Brian, just back us up a couple verses even before um, what, what Bryn was sharing, um, and, and how does that come together where our worship is really about the things that we hold as valuable? Yeah, well, it's interesting. Just before Bryn and I came on, we were we were talking about, and we both got Matthew 6.21 at the same time, and it's we are told that where our treasure is, there our heart will be also. So Brim was talking about, you know, the, the, what do you truly treasure? Because what you treasure, you're going to be thankful for, you're going to give thanks for it. And uh, so God created us to, to be, to give thanks to our creator. And what's interesting is even as we give thanks, what happens is we begin to produce a, a hormone called oxytocin. And that actually connects us with the object of, of our affection. So, so we begin to, to give God thanks and, um, you know, that the, the key scripture, I think, for all of, uh, of worship is, you know, we enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. And, and really where our heart is, like, it's going to have expression on the earth. And so as we give thanks, we begin to become what we behold because we begin to behold the Lord in a whole new way. 
And there's a, there's a lady, uh, I was actually reading her book a few weeks ago, Ruth uh, Heflin, and she said, you praise until worship comes and worship until the glory comes, which is just so mm. weighty. So it's just getting into his presence. And like Bryn said too, like our lifestyle reflects what's in our heart. So from the overflow of our heart, our mouths speak and our thoughts, and then finally our actions come from that point. So, so really worship and prayer become a lifestyle as does the a lifestyle of repentance, as does, you know, living in a kingdom lifestyle. So it just all becomes second nature after a while. I think sometimes we go into prayer and we go into worship and we are expecting a certain feeling for ourselves that we, if we don't come out of those experiences, kind of feeling the glow or seeing the glow like like Moses did when he spent time with the Lord, then it just didn't work. Like uh, we've given, we've opened up a window in time and we said, God, come in. And if you don't, then, you know, this isn't working for me. Bryn, you said though that that prayer and worship, this is not about us. What do you mean by that? Yeah, well, you know, even in the community that I live in, in Hawaii, um, I'm at Youth with a Mission and we do a lot of worship sets every week. And I found myself at some points leaving worship and being like, oh, that wasn't good. And, you know, it would often for me would be, it was worship sets that were really like, everyone was really hyped up and jumping around and the music was fast and upbeat and everyone wanted to dance. And I personally just like, don't feel super connected to the Lord um, doing those things, but I would leave worship and I'd be like, oh, that wasn't a good worship set. I, I just had a moment of realization of like, this isn't about me. I didn't come to, you know, feel good or to, you know, have an encounter or whatever it is, even though those things are awesome. And the Lord definitely does those things. But I went to worship God, to, to cancel everything else out and to have my full undivided attention on him and to glorify him. And so I think realizing like, it's not about me having a good time. It's not about me, you know, feeling like really feeling the presence of the Holy Spirit or falling out in an encounter or whatever, but it's really, it's just about me choosing to be there, um, to worship God and to, you know, set my eyes on him. And so I think when I realized that it helped me because sometimes after not feeling it or like not, you know, being like that wasn't, wasn't a good worship set. Then the next week I'd be like, oh, well, the last one wasn't good. So I'm not going to go to this one. But I think realizing that and understanding that, like, this isn't about me, this is about God. It helped me because it, it's still a choice, right? Like, am I going to choose God tonight? (laughs) Am I going to go and choose God for these two hours? Like, I think Matt, on top of that too, that, you know, true worship really is based on having a right understanding of God and his true character and valuing his worth, right? So if that's, so it's so far beyond a feeling, it's a, uh, it, if, so if that's our, our heart position, then we can begin to move past ourselves and just see him rightly. Yeah. If you think about it, what was worship back in the day? Like old school worship, it was going to the altar and it was, there was a sacrifice, right? Like you would bring your animal, you'd bring the bull or whatever that was. And you would sacrifice that, and that was your act of worship. And then you fast forward, still old school worship, but now it's in the New Testament. And in Romans 12, what does it say? It says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. 
Like, how much has changed? Like, I don't think, it, like, Abraham never went to the altar and said, oh, that was just an okay bowl. I don't feel real good about that worship. It's it's really like this invitation for God. Like, I want you to bring glory, and it's not so that you feel great afterwards. This is your act of What does that mean for us today to be that living sacrifice and to present our bodies as a living sacrifice. And that is worship. What does that mean? I mean, it, it's so broadly based too that, uh, I mean, when you look at, uh, I mean, knowing that my body is a, is a temple of the Holy spirit, that I have such a reverence for purity and holiness. And, and that is by the power of his spirit, by his grace enabled us to do that. And I mean, when we talk about a lifestyle of worship, I mean, you talked about all the different ways that, that worship manifested throughout the, uh, throughout the ages, but even like we're designed to co-labor with God, we're designed to work. And, and really that as we work is unto the Lord, that even our work is worship. So what we do throughout our day is, is an expression of worship, how we treat other people that, you know, this Jesus gave us the new command, you know, love one another as I have loved you. And so love is an expression of worship you know, and sacri- like his love is actually sacrificial love. And, and sometimes when we're suffering or in pain, you know, entering uh, with thanksgiving and, and giving God thanks, it's hard, but it's a sacrifice. And when you don't feel like it too, like David said, you know, bless the Lord, oh my soul and all that is within me. So he would literally, you know, regardless of how he felt, he valued worship, he valued God. And, and so he, he chose, it's a decision. Cause I mean, sometimes I, I don't feel like it. And I know when I begin to move into thanks, it literally moves us from our functional left side of our brain over to the right side of our brain as we give thanks. And, and that really is our creative side. And that's really where we're able to, to experience God in his presence. And, and, uh, and that's most likely how Ruth Heflin, you know, you know, prays until we move into worship and then worship unto his glory because we can get lost in that and and then just meet god and, and sometimes really praise is sitting in total silence just honoring god and just just waiting on him so i mean it can look so different um but it's just an expression of faith because ultimately that you know faith and prayer are in, inextricably linked and prayer and worship are linked because everything that we say is so powerful yeah i want to invite those of you who are listening uh, today, this is this is not an academic uh, ascent. Um, it, it should be grounded and based in in scripture, uh, but it really is supposed to be something that's practiced and lived out. And this is truly not just a thirty thousand foot flyover. This is a this is a hundred thousand foot flyover. Um, we are really just skimming the clouds on this, but um, a, a place for you to just jump in and, and dive a little bit deeper. Um, we're taking this conversation from. Uh, more than gold. And the entire second section of the book is all about experiencing God. And we'll talk about that on this podcast. We have been talking about it and and in the next one, we will as well. Um, But I want to encourage you, jump on the website, m46ministries.com. And we're going to be leaving on there from time to time. You'll be able to download uh, a section of the book and that will be in anticipation for you pre-ordering and actually getting the book. And really it's not about, because look, nobody makes lots of money selling Christian books. Uh, boy, is that the truth. But really, the invitation is, man, we wanted to have a field guide. We wanted to have a place where you could um, really just dig deeper into that journey with Jesus. And so invite you to do that. Uh, I'm going to ask uh, Brian or Bryn, either one of you or both of you, 
Um, would you just pray us out of this time and this podcast? Yeah, Lord, we thank you for this time together. And Lord, we uh, we just value you so much. And, and I just ask for just the fear of the Lord, just an awe and wonder, God, of, of who you are, just to be instilled in the heart of every listener right now, that faith is the currency of heaven. So Lord, I just ask for an impartation of faith. It's the evidence of things that are not yet seen. And we know that Christ's death might must have looked at the time as a disastrous failure, but we know that God, that you work all things together for good. So I just decree and declare over every listener right now that God is working all things together for your good because you love him and you're called according to his purpose. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Well, thanks for listening to The Father Pursuit. God is inviting us, as Eugene Peterson said, to just simply keep company with him. It's about building a relationship. It's about gaining an understanding of his heart for us. And as we pray and as we worship him, it's our lives that are transformed and we become more aware of who he is and the impact that he has on us. We continue to come before him to align our hearts to his heart and what he wants to do in our lives. So for this time and for all the next times, we thank you for joining us on the Father Pursuit. May your pursuit be blessed.